Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A legendary coach. How do we know he's a legend, Chris Domino? Because we're at Park 82 today, and it's the Lunch with a Legend series. And he's also a Georgia Sports Hall of Famer. Mark Richt, kind enough to join us right here um, on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Coach, always good to see you. Good to be here. It's a nice venue here. You guys uh, probably like getting out of the house once in a while, huh? Yeah, I think they like us getting out of the house as well. I bet. Yeah, feeling's <laughs> probably mutual. That's good. Um, I was at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl when they announced the class, and you're a part of the Hall of Fame class there as well. And the ovation you got was yeah. incredible. That must have meant the world to you. It did. Uh, you know, it just so happened that um, I guess being honored at the Chick-fil-A Hall of Fame, I didn't even know they had a Hall of Fame until they told me. Uh, but no one knew who was going to be playing in that game. Uh-huh. As fate would have it, Georgia ends up playing in that game. And so um, if I'd have got announced in front of Ohio State and TCU, who would have cared, you know what I mean? But as it turned out, it was a house full of Bulldogs, and and they blessed me that day for sure. It was, it was, it was a great feeling for sure. Coach, you've always been upbeat positive, and we'll talk right. about what's going on a little bit now and how that will sure. play into right. your life going forward. Right. When, when losses happen, as opposed to wins. We've asked coaches this for 25 years, Nick, <clears throat> together. Which one stays with you more? Which one actually emotionally, viscerally? Because I think right. some coaches don't enjoy the good moments enough right. until maybe they're further away from it than when they're living it. Yeah. Well, one thing about, uh, as you're starting to ask the question, I was thinking you're going to a little different spot, but um, the bottom line is when you lose a game, I mean, it's gut-wrenching because, you know, especially in college football, you can lose one and it could be catastrophic to your end, end goal, you know, of playing in a championship game or whatever it is. Uh, but as, as bad as you feel, your players feel as bad or worse. Your staff feels as bad or worse. So, you know, you can go in the locker room after the game and blast everybody because so-and-so didn't do what he's supposed to do and this, that, or the other. But, you know, you got a choice to make when you walk in that locker room, and that's whether you're going to speak life to that team or you're going to speak death, basically. And I always try to do my best to think about how those kids felt and, and how the rest of the coaching staff felt. And so I try to speak life into those guys and, you know, help us stay on a positive note because it, 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 it could get negative pretty fast. But as far as, you know, the ones you remember, um, I mean, I definitely... I think I remember in more detail the losses when I look back than some of the victories. Um, you know, winning's a lot more fun, obviously, than losing. But, you know, there, there's some games, and especially if you make a decision that you know didn't give your team the best chance to win. That's what, that's what hurts the most, and those are the ones that stick with me the most. I, I don't know if nutty is the word that's still used or is 
Did you ever have a halftime or a post game where it was almost an out of body experience? If you look back on it now <laughs> and you say, "Oh, I got them good that day." Yeah, well, you know, I was my demeanor was relatively calm most of the time, especially game day too. And my game day demeanor was different than during the week, during practice, and all that. And one of the reasons why my demeanor was calmer is when I was a play caller at Florida State, I made better decisions when I was calm. I prayed to, for a calm spirit so I could think well and make good decisions. So as I became head coach, my game day demeanor was calmer because of that reason. I felt like I had a better chance of making a good decision when I wasn't all riled up, you know. But um, did you ever throw a team off the field on a Wednesday at practice? Uh, not maybe not. You know what I mean. In in the day, back in the day, you could do that. But with the twenty hour rule, okay. every every minute was so precious th and planned throughout the week that you couldn't even if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, but there was times I wanted to. But the bottom line was, when I snapped. Everybody knew. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, oh, crap, you know. And uh, so, yeah, there were some moments I snapped. But the the greatest halftime ever at Georgia was when we were playing Auburn in 2002. We're at Auburn. We need to win that game to get into the SEC championship game. And we're we're not playing very well, and we're getting beat at halftime. And so at first, when you first get in the locker room, the, the players are doing their thing, going using the restroom, hydrating eating oranges, whatever, you know. Coaching staff's back there. I'm talking to the offensive staff. Then I'm talking to the defensive staff, getting ready to address the team. So I'm getting my thoughts together. I'm sitting there in the coach's area, and I hear off in the distance a voice. Well, that voice was John Stinchcomb, our offensive lineman, our starting tackle, right, senior lineman. And he is blasting everybody's ass as good as you can blast it. But he was also... Uh, challenging them to play like they should, and it was it was his last shot at be, becoming an SEC champion, and he didn't want to let it fall by the wayside. So, all the things I thought I was going to say, he's saying them with enthusiasm. Okay, and uh, so by the time it was time for me to address the team, I walked out there in front of the group. And he, he was still going, and I stood there and waited till he finished. And I was basically said, you know, John said it all, and there's nothing to say. Let's, let's go do it, or whatever it was. It was kind of like John took care of business, and he led. He didn't worry about it, whether it was popular or not. He worried about winning. And, uh, I mean, that was my best halftime speech <laughs> to say what John said. <laughs> John channeled you and exactly. the rest, as they say is history. Michael Johnson makes the catch and you win that game. That's right. Mark Richt is here with us. Uh, Park 82 is where we are for the uh, Lunch with a Legend series. Of course, uh, you worked years with the guy that's back again in Mike Bobo. For the doubters, what do you have to say right. about Mike Bobo? Uh, well, they can doubt all they want, but uh, they're probably not down Kirby right now because he's two-time national championship coach. He's, he's proven to be a pretty smart guy. <laughs> so he knows a good ball coach when he sees it. And uh, and Mike is that. And, you know, the beauty of how George has been going about their business uh, recently is, uh, you know, the, the uh, having the ability to have a, a house full of analysts and quality control coaches and all that. I mean, for Mike to be in the building for a year or two, whatever it was, and really learn the system 
as it is today. You know, usually when you hire a new coordinator, he brings in a new language, and 120 guys got to learn his stuff. You know, nowadays, you know, because Mike was there and he, he knows the terminology, he knows the system, you know, one, one guy's got to learn it instead of 100 guys. And the fact that he's in the building for a couple years, he, he's very up to speed. And I'm sure he was making suggestions throughout the last year or two that, you know, were used in games and things of that nature. So I, I think the transition from being that analyst to the, to the on-the-field coordinator and the fact that he is a bulldog, the fact that he's been in that coordinator position, he's been head coach, he's been all these things. I mean, he is a hell of a ball coach. And uh, surrounded, there's similar, play callers are a lot, kind of like quarterbacks. You're surrounded by good skill guys, and you're surrounded by good linemen, and you're surrounded by good defense, special teams. You know, you're a better, you're a better play caller. I don't know if you would have the exact number, but when you were playing, if I got a room of coaches, Miami, all the coaches, how many chairs would I need? And when you were finishing coaching, how many chairs would I need to get every coach of a college football team? In well, I mean, in our staff meetings at Florida State before I became head coach and at Georgia, you got the big table, you got the full-time on-the-field coaches, you got your head trainer, you got your head strength coach, you got your head recruiting guy, they're at the table. Along the along the wall, you've got graduate assistant coaches and volunteer coaches. So you got one big staff room with the big table, probably 12 seats, and maybe 12 seats on the on the on the outside. Now you got that same seat, but the, I, I saw Georgia. I think it was Georgia's facility. I was in somebody's facility. They had the they had the staff room setting, and then they had bleachers. <laughs> Literal bleachers, five rows up, the length of the room, enough room to to fit thirty extra dudes. <laughs> I mean, what, what do those guys do? You know, well, there's a purpose for everything now, and, and considering NIL, considering the transfer portal, and all the manpower it takes, and then again to have coaches in the building that are possibly your next receivers coach or your next quarterbacks coach or your next coordinator, defense coordinator, especially, you know, they're already in-house. You don't, you don't wait till you lose them, and then you, then you go have, make a nationwide search to find the right guy. You bring him in. He wants to run his system. Everybody learn it from scratch, including the head coach, if you're going to let him handle it. I mean that's that's a hard way to make yeah, a transition. I, I don't want to call it the minor leagues, but or a bullpen. But you have it guys is. In your that's bullpen. what it is. Yeah. And you know Nick did Nick Saban knew that he did that. He he did that from an NFL model of coaches in waiting to be the next guy up because when you lose staff, that's tough. It's tough in the pros, but it's tougher in college because you have relationships and recruiting and all the things that have to be done by that assistant coach. If he's already in the house and he already understands this is how Kirby Smart likes to do things, this is how Nick Saban likes to do this is how Coach Rick likes to do things, and then when somebody leaves gets a better opportunity it, at a school like Georgia or Alabama, then uh, usually guys are leaving for better opportunities. Or Nick, Nick or Kirby says, you ain't getting it done, you're out. You know, So who's next? Well, he's already in the building, or at least 
he's there, you've been able to observe him for a year or two and decide if he's who you really want instead of hiring a guy and say, I wish I didn't do that and then have to go on and do it. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Mark Richt is here with us. Uh, we're at Park 82, Lunch with a Legend series uh, featuring Mark Richt is going on. In a matter of moments, you talked about calling plays when you were at Florida State, and I'm, I'm sure that one of the things that must have been challenging for you to give up was the play-calling responsibilities as a head coach. How, how challenging is that? We see Ryan Day at Ohio State thinking about doing that right now. Well, what happens is when you're the offensive coordinator, all you do in the offseason is look at ball. You're watching the trends, what's going on across the country. Uh, you're just focused on football plays football um, schemes football protections you know what are people doing defensively what are they doing offensively across the country and so you keep up to speed with everything and so when you hit the ground running you know by the time you hit spring ball you're you're implementing this that or the other was the head coach there's so many things that you have to get done in the off season you really don't stay as as up to speed as a guy who's constantly that's all he does all day and so what happens over time, whether it's four years, five years, six years, for me it was year seven, I think, I was like, I don't think I could do as good a job as a guy like Mike Bobo, like Mike Bobo, who worked under me for since I got there, uh, where he can, he can spend his whole life <laughs> working on offensive football. And so um, you get to the point where you're like, whether it's demand, the demands of being head coach, all the responsibilities of that, then you're you're grinding away game planning. You're you you got the recruiting responsibility. You know, there's just so many things that come across your plate. Sometimes there's just not enough of you to do it, and uh, you, you, it's time to turn it over when you think somebody else could do a better job than you can. We're going to lose in a few minutes. Can we go over a few things kind of quickly? What was it like to go to a high school game? Because I people a talk high about school game. Yeah, to yeah. see a recruit and right. to, to walk up when it's the time, right. walk up and shake a young man's hand, meet his family, and say, "I would like you to come play for me." I would think that as great as the college experience is, right. there's something really to knowing at that moment. You know, I know there's a big day. Deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to that kid. It's a big deal to that family. Big deal to that school, community. It's a huge deal. And uh, another big deal is when a walk-on gets a scholarship. That, that might be the most fun thing to do as a coach, is to reward a kid who came for nothing and fought his way and scrapped his way into a position where he could be put on full scholarship. And not only the emotion for him and his family, 
uh, and all the sacrifices they make to allow him to try out, so to speak. But his teammates, the reaction of his teammates, you see it all the time on TV. It's just incredible how much his teammates get excited. Have you ever drawn a play in a napkin? Is that ever, what? Drawn a play on a napkin, on an actual napkin. That's the thing we all think about. Have you ever? <laughs> yeah, I've drawn, I've drawn plays with everything you could dream of. You have. But I, I will say this about calling plays real quick. 2005 SEC Championship game with Shockley, quarterback. Night before the game, I'm still calling plays. Night before the game, I'm just watching film one more time. And there's two plays that popped in my brain that uh, we installed in a walkthrough the next day. And I think they were the first two touchdown passes of the game. Um, and so every, every once in a while, sometimes you're so deep in it throughout the week, you don't, you don't see it from a, a broader perspective. But, it, but, like, by Wednesday, usually the game plan's in Thursday, Friday. So Friday night, you got a little peaceful time to look at taping. Like, why didn't I see this on Monday? It's too late to put it in. Well, we put it in anyway. You know, and you could do that when you have veteran quarterback and veteran players. But uh, but they were difference-maker plays, you know. Are you okay with me? I'm not me. Right. Believing that you sent everybody out to that end zone that game against Florida. <laughs> I'll probably tell that story today. And I don't have time to tell the whole story. But long story short, I did not anticipate... 85 guys to run on the field at the end of that play. I expected 11 to celebrate. The team I was talking about was the team on the field to celebrate hard enough to get a penalty. That was designed. Did you say team to these guys before? <laughs> the night before the game, I did say <laughs> team. I didn't mean the team, though. I didn't mean, like, everybody. <laughs> I think I would have been nervous that... There's 18 guys out there and 22, and I'm trying to figure out, did he mean me? I'm just going. I'm, once it starts, <laughs> Only I'm one guy stayed next to me, Daniel Ellerby, if you remember that linebacker. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes, Coach, I'm so deep in your doghouse. There's no way. I'm not I'm risking going, it. I'm not going on the field. Hey, before we let you go, you've been very public about your challenges health-wise. How are you feeling right now? I feel great. You look great. Yeah, you do. I feel great. Um, I move slow. My balance isn't good. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of symptoms. Bradykinesia means slow movement. That's probably one of my biggest things. But I'm not in chronic pain. My brain, by the grace of God, is really good. I don't have visible tremors like a lot of people have. I mean, I'm just enjoying life. You know, so um, I can't. I can't. I don't think I could coach again. I think it'd be too much for my system. Uh, I've been offered some opportunities, believe it or not, uh, in coaching and in some. CEO positions that I'm like, are you sure you want to ask me to do that? But right now I'm enjoying my life and between the ACC network and a lot of speaking engagements and just being with grandchildren and being with my kids um, and my wife and I just are still madly in love. You know, I still love the water girl. <laughs> she loves me and um, we have a good life. And your personality, for those that never saw it before, has really come out on the ACC yeah. network. It's really yeah. fun watching you do some of those. Yeah, yeah they, they they were worried about hiring me because they didn't think I didn't, they didn't think I had a, a personality. But uh, I've I've had a good time, and that's my. I mean, most of the guys on the show and in that business want to make a career of it. Right. I just do it because it's fun. Bullseye. 
And so, you know, I don't care if I'm the smartest guy in the room or not. You know, I, just, I think I'll think of something funny that pops in my head. And I'll just say it. It's, you know, my, I guess my filter's going away. But uh, well, pace of life, time. pace of life going forward. It's yeah. it's an interesting thing that yeah. I hope the enjoyment comes. If it's yeah. a slower oh, it pace, if we're going to use that it word, is. then enjoy. What well, it part is. of the reason why you get Parkinson's is because you you have stress in your life, you have toxins in your body, and you have inflammation. Well, if you don't sleep right, don't eat right, you have a job that is stressful. Uh, I mean, I, I punched every every box you could punch to to piss off Parkinson's in my system and, and have it manifest in a full-blown deal. Well, Coach, it's great to see you. Always see you a guys. pleasure to speak with you. Enjoy the luncheon, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Yep, thanks. There thanks, he is, coach. the great Coach really Mark Rick, the Hall of Thank Famer. You. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 